<laughs> I mean, it really does bring that, like, when you talk to kids, if you want to be whatever you want to be when you grow yeah. up, you can. Okay. Hi. <laughs> um, so here we are again at another episode of Coffee and Other Magic. I'm Nicole, and uh, we've got super producer Oscar. Uh, and then, hello. hi. Um, by the way, hello for the first time in 2019. Oh, yeah, this is the first time uh -huh. this year. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say the cliche, new year, new me. Same old me. But no. I will say, I got a lot of shit accomplished already for this year. You know what? She's been very proactive. Yeah. I have. You have been very proactive this year, and I'm loving it. What I'm doing? All the calendar invites. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I have the next four guests yeah. booked I'm, for the I'm, next four episodes. I'm ready. Um, I put something out on our Instagram and Facebook about if you guys have any stories, um, occult or witchcraft related, um, please, please send them. If you do, you can do it on the Instagram, you can do it on the Facebook. And that is actually what Tori did, who is here today to talk to us. You wanna, hi. Tori, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I won't, I won't say new year, new me, but, uh. <laughs> Right. Feel I mean, free. I, I, I don't care. I'm not gonna hashtag. <laughs> hashtag new year, new me. Um, yeah. No. It's it's good to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah. I um. How was your first first uh, Tuesday of Thursday Thursday of this semester? Uh, it was good. I didn't have school, okay. so it was great. Great way to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I teach mostly like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So. Cool. It's gonna Are be you in grad, in grad school? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting mm. my master's in in poetry um, at UNM. So cool. Mm -hmm. What are you uh, and what are you uh, teaching? Um, I I teach creative writing. Um, I've taught like a few entry level composition classes, but okay. I'm also teaching this um, expository writing, uh, which is I, I mean. We get to make our own syllabus for that. So uh, I'm having my kids read Watership Down, Animal yeah. Farm, and Mouse. Um, oh. And I built sort of like oh, a, good. it's uh, like an in-class RPG for them to play with one another. So they like actually talk um, and like discuss stuff and they get more engaged with like what we're doing in coursework. So that's been a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. I dig it. I used, I taught for a little bit. So nice. At UNM. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. So tell us a little more about yourself. <laughs> I mean, okay. So you're a graduate student. Yeah. Um, um, what else? What do you do other than work life? Um, I, I mean, I just, I write like whether it's, whether it's for school or, um, whether I'm doing like other stuff. Um, I, I also like kind of play guitar, not seriously or anything. Um, I don't know if like everybody says that. Does everybody say that? Mm. That they like, don't seriously play guitar? Like only the like actual play guitar, guitar players. players. I think people who only know how to play guitar <laughs> right, don't seriously play. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm like interested in in New Mexico folklore and stuff too, just because I grew up around it. Mm -hmm. um, You're from here. I'm from from Taos. Ah, yeah, okay. yeah. So do you hear the hum? Do you hear the hum? The hum. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some people say you only hear the hum if the uh, mountain likes you. Some people say you only hear it if it doesn't like you. Some mm. people say it's like you have tinnitus. I think that's probably the most. Likely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, More than likely. Yeah. Cool. Um, what sign are you? I was I'm thinking a... about that on the way here. I was like, 
What sign is Tori? I'm uh, I'm a Cancer Sun, Pisces Moon, and oh. uh, yeah. Do you know your rising? Libra. Okay. Yeah. So it sort that of writing. balances out the mood swings a yeah. little bit, I guess. I don't know. Well, the Pisces <laughs> is the creative sign. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Pisces, Libra mix up. Probably good with words. I would yeah. hope so. Sometimes I don't feel <laughs> entirely eloquent, but, you know, I try. <laughs> right on. So um, I, once again, put a message out for people to send me their their stories or their experiences and that's kind of how you ended up here yeah so yeah um talk to me (laughs) (laughs) um i guess like with uh what i've been doing uh for my dissertation um i've been looking at a lot of stories that i was told when i was little um like by my grandparents especially Mm -hmm. um and just by people sort of around in the community they would have um like different storytelling events and stuff in taos which is um, which is pretty cool, uh, like for for kids um, just to be able to access storytellers from all over the world, um, but also kind of people that are local and like see that as something something valuable. Like um, it is one of our traditions, um, so to be able to have a whole like weekend where you can just go and listen to a bunch of stuff and hear yeah. theory about storytelling and um, like cognitive function and storytelling and how those are linked and like that that was always really interesting to me. Um, I, I went again recently and it's, uh, not exactly what I remember. (laughs) Um, it's a little, uh, how often have you gone? Um, when I was a kid, uh, I went probably for eight or nine years straight. My mom used to facilitate. Um, and so she would bring different artists from like Santa Fe and stuff. Um, specifically Joe Hayes. I don't know if you've heard of him. He like, collects a lot of new mexican and that like southwest stories yeah for for kids mostly okay yeah um i i think he's still living in santa fe and he does like some tours but um yeah i think i think for about eight eight or nine years when mm-hmm. i was a kid um and so i don't know like just listening to like my grandpa talk about I don't know, all of these weird things that either happened to one of our, like, relatives, like a very (laughs) distant relative. I feel like that's probably how everyone in Taos is related, by this one relative that this one weird thing happened to. Um, (laughs) Just because everyone had the same story? Right? Yeah. Like, there will be stories, like... my my grandpa always used to tell us about this like tío that would go and get drunk and, like, try to walk home um, from the bar. And the walk home from the, from the bar was like you had to go through the mountains a little bit because like, you know, we have some ranch land and it's like a long way to get anywhere. Um, so he's walking home. It's late at night and he's, he's drunk already. And he stops by this little shack because he's like, I think I need some water. So he goes in and this man's like, hey, like, come on, sit down, cuate. Let's play some cards. Like, you know, <laughs> let's hang out. Um, and the uncle like doesn't you know, he doesn't want to say no, like this guy's Mm -hmm. being nice to him, gives him a little water, like another shot of whiskey. He's being nice. So he sits down and plays. And finally, he's like, okay, I better, I better go. Like it's getting late. And the guy keeps like goading him into play another round. Um, And there are a couple of different ways that I've heard um, the story go. One is that he finally gets like fed up. He's like, you need to leave, like, let me leave. Um, 
and he stands up and like they both stand up at the same time and kind of knock heads hmm. um and the stranger who was like wearing a hat like his hat comes off and there are two little horns dun, dun, right on dun. his forehead right there or <laughs> um or he stands up and like pushes the table back and he sees the man's legs which don't end in cowboy boots or whatever right like there are little hooves or, or oh, chicken yeah. feet right yeah. like yeah. yeah and then the tio is like i'm gonna get out of here bye and he takes off and then he tells the story to all the nieces and nephews and stuff when he gets home um and i feel like because I, I don't know i've heard it from a couple of, of friends and like their mm -hmm. family and stuff yeah. so i feel like those kind of stories really bind all of the families out there since they're big big families but they live so far apart yeah. sometimes yeah and everyone just kind of has a that similar story that happened right yeah a similar a similar story um must be some booze up there oh um <laughs> actually there was uh there was a moonshine um operation that used to run out of valdez which is just a little north of taos mm -hmm. um run by this guy named turley um and there was he had a mill up there mm -hmm. and a couple of people that worked for him and, like, they never really produced any flour or, like, grain or anything. It was just moonshine. And so, like, he would have a couple of people run down to Santa Fe or out to Abiquiu or, you know, wherever they had to make deliveries. And they finally, like, got caught up. Um, and there's this, like, myth of the, the Taos lightning gold or whatever, like, that got buried along the road to Santa Fe somewhere. Huh. Like, Turley, you know trying to cut his losses he knew he was going to get caught yeah and if he ever escaped he decided to bury some gold along the along the trail so i mean that makes you know. sense i'd probably yeah. do the same thing exactly yeah. you know yeah. Just don't get investing caught. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um so there's there's always that myth but it was called taos lightning huh. and now there's a somebody picked up the name and now it's whiskey and and bourbon yeah so you can go to like jubilation or whatever and pick up a bottle of taos lightning yeah <laughs> it's not moonshine anymore but you can still get some uh, yeah okay i wish it was actually gold <laughs> yeah, yeah if it was actual taos lightning right yeah. Yeah. yeah right on so so when you would go as a little kid to hear these stories mm -hmm. i mean listening to people talk about all of these historical things that were somewhat related to family like how did that how did that feel did that inspire you to write as you got older yeah like I, it, it felt like it was like it was an important role to to have um to be entrusted with all of those stories like mm -hmm. you go around and you tell stories and people are just you know in in rapt attention is that is that the phrase <laughs> yeah. i don't know but like to command that um that story and that like whatever lesson is going to come out of it or whatever, you know, there's, there's magic in stories, mm -hmm. right. And Absolutely. to be able to, to like hold that court with people, I guess is, is really cool. Um, and I like, I didn't really know that I wanted to write until I got into college and like started figuring out, I guess, through reading all of the stuff that I wasn't interested in, <laughs> um, like this, history that I have or this yeah. folklore that I grew up with was was what was really important to me and I wanted to bring that to academia because it's nowhere mm. um, academia is a very very kind of uh, homogenous place yeah right yeah it's um it's pretty whitewashed actually. <laughs> yeah. so um being able to um bring the the stories and and the traditions and all of those 
like all of those things into my poetry was um, was something I knew I wanted to do when I when I applied. Um, I applied to a couple of places, um, but UNM and IAIA were like my two big ones. IA um, uh, in Santa Fe, the uh, Institute of Indian American oh, okay. Arts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm getting the acronym right, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I got accepted there first, and then UNM gave me a teaching assistantship, and I money talks wanted to quit Apple, so I left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that I wanted to write about about that stuff, but um, use it to talk about stuff that's going on now. Because um, one of the other things was like coming to school and stuff and like figuring out my sexuality and figuring out um, kind of where I fit in um, like outside of my family unit, um, like kind of bringing that and all of the stuff that I had from my family and sort of merging those two things is Mm -hmm. something I really want to work with. Do you feel like that is like a therapeutic thing for you in some ways? I think it is because there's so much like ancestral knowledge Mm -hmm. that's in all, all of those stories that, um, that sort of gets lost, Mm -hmm. um, when it gets, you know, pushed through the Catholic filter, like Catholic Hispanic families have a way of taking, yeah, it's just like, let's filter out all the pre-Columbian stuff and make this, you know, a story to either keep kids inside or keep them behaving or like whatever it is. Mm Um, yeah. Did you have, I mean, a lot of your, like, your own stories and stuff like that as oh, well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you uh... ever ex- actually experience <laughs> it yourself or anything really kind of... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Um... Just scared the crap out of you? <laughs> I don't know. It totally from those did. Yeah. Right? yeah, we, yeah. we had a sekyas all over because my family grew alfalfa. So oh, okay. twice during mm. the year we would get, um, or twice during the summer we'd get yeah. irrigation rights yeah. so the water would pass through our land. And always my grandpa was like, no, mijita, you can't go outside. Like, la llorona's out there. Yeah. yeah. And then we would get the story when we're sitting inside, like, mm-hmm. after the after the long day of work or whatever. She's going to come take you yeah. away. She's going to come take you because you're being a bad girl or whatever it is. Like, mm. Breaking those yeah, rules. Yeah, breaking all those rules. I was I was a nerd. Like, I was always inside reading, so I didn't get it as much as some of my cousins did. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I know it scared the crap out of me growing up, too. Oh, yeah. It was just one of those things where I was just like, mm. just gonna... I, don't, I, I think I would manifest things in my head just being like, oh, yeah, I totally saw something. Or, I feel like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up, like, up in the Heights where we didn't really, we weren't close to the river, mm-hmm. but we had all the arroyos mm-hmm. right. from, you know, the Running Sandias. Down. yeah. And so for us, it was the ditch witch more yeah. than La Llorona. Yeah. And I used to have this little boomerang that my stepdad brought me from Australia. Mm-hmm. And I remember we'd throw it like the neighborhood kids would go to the other side of the arroyo and we would like throw it across the arroyo. <laughs> yeah. And only when we would lose thing in there, things in the arroyo, would I ever even like be like, eh, the ditch witch. Nah. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Like, I thought I it was kind of cool, those stories. But then, you know, as you get older, you read more, go further back, and then, yeah. you know, find find the, the real nitty-gritty the real, stories. Yeah, the real stuff. That's, like, being able to have access to all of the library stuff and, like, archive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, there's a lot of it that's gotten filtered out, but you can get to some of those roots, um, like pre-Columbian stuff. And mm-hmm. that's that's what I've been most most interested in lately. Find yeah. anything like 
notably spooky or um, like really interesting? I mean, typically it's like you'll you'll look at a, a story or a tradition and you'll see kind of where it originated. Um, and the really dark thing is how it was covered up mm. and like syncretized, I guess, like how it was forced into the like mainstream christian mm-hmm. ideals and how bloody that was okay like i think that's the darkest part there there's definitely some like underlying stuff um i guess particularly with um in regard to witches um like i was looking at i was looking at this book today um uh let me just yeah, show you what is it called like a very old book <laughs> yeah it's called cuentos this is actually the copy from from okay. UNM, okay, um, which means stories in Spanish, right? Falling cool. apart, yeah. But yeah. it's a collection by Rudolfo Anaya. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, oh, so look he, art. it's super cool. Yeah. He collected a bunch of stories um, from New Mexico, like from northern New Mexico specifically, I think, but just sort of all over the state. Um, oh, and like thing. some of these, some of these stories refer to um, women that either are apprehended or sort of viewed in secret, like maybe spied on, um, turning into animals, um, which is really cool. So like a lot of it is, is, um, familiar magic and like transformational magic. Um, and the way that it's presented is like these women are, um, typically indigenous or they're, they're typically, typically like mestiza women. Um, they're not like, pure hispanic which is a weird thing in northern new mexico like that's a whole other can of worms oh yes Um, i have family and roy and out in those Mm -hmm. tiny towns and they they keep their their bloodlines real tight oh yeah history or just even just yeah yeah, the idea of just whitewashing their history right Right. like oh we're from spain like we have the papers going all the way back some of my family's like that and my grandmother has a well she had she passed away has a had a book like mm-hmm. her oh. proof book that yeah. was written on her mm-hmm. family it was really bizarre it's it's just yeah. strange like yeah. how much that's clung on to yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but like looking at how um those sorts of families demonized these these women who are usually living alone or they would usually like live in threes right three unmarried women up uh. to no good living in the same house <laughs> on the edge of town sounds like, like my kind of party right yeah. i'm in <laughs> dang that sounds like fun <laughs> uh-huh. um but they're uh, they're usually associated with like turning into animals which is something that huh um that you see like in in indigenous cultures too from from the area and it's like like there's the whole skin skin right yeah and there's the same kind of like stigma i guess i don't know i can't really i wasn't raised in it so i can't speak for it yeah but um like looking at how some of that was just considered like devil worship Mm -hmm. like anything that you're doing that's not you know strict canonical stuff is like Okay, you must be in league with the devil. We're going to kill you now. Do you think that, I don't know, I guess when I think of whitewashed stories, especially Mm -hmm. folklore, things like that, that it's almost that it's this fear of this feral, like this fear of this like wild inside Mm -hmm. of us that was before we were controlled by like polite society. Right. Yeah. So it's like all yeah. of your your human urges or your human instincts or your intuition like or that ancestral knowledge yeah, yeah all of those things that we learned that we were maybe more in touch with yeah. gets pushed to the side and it's like well you should probably pray more mm-hmm. 
Uh, you need some yeah. Jesus. Put <laughs> some Jesus in your coffee. Yeah. yeah. Is there? So, I mean, do, do you feel like there's still a lot of um, people out there, at least in northern New Mexico, um, or rural New Mexico in general, that have maybe kept clung on to that stuff and still kind of live on those on the fringes of society? Yeah, would you say and just kind I, of I mean, kept their roots? I would think so. There's there's still uh, there are still people practicing like curanderismo mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay. Like there are still curanderas and curanderos out there um, who are practicing and like there's there's a class at UNM I've never taken it but I mean kind of keeping that stuff alive and yeah. in whatever yeah. manifestation that is as as a teacher you know do you see that there are more interests in that that there are more stories rooted in that now than before like do you feel like that's a more open type of subject to a certain degree um I feel like in a lot of my classes, the reading list is still the same old, same old. Like, we're going to look at canon canon stuff. Like, we're going to read Joyce and Fitzgerald and, like, all of that. But right, right. there is room in workshop, especially, like, when we're working with our own with our own material, um, to be able to bring in other texts and say, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm drawing from. This is what has influenced me for years. Like, this purple book here, I've had this since I was six years old. Like, what is it? Los I just, cocos y los you know, you can, you can bring these things in. What, what is, is the name that? of this book? Um, los Cocos y las Coconas. It's, it's, it uh, it's like boogie creatures or like Like spooky. a cuckoo? Yeah, yeah. So, so the boogeyman is cuckoo in Spanish. That's tough. Is that really a foreign cool thing underneath the bed? Oh, yeah. So you, yeah, you can't see it. It's like a scared kid in the bed oh and like this one creature calling okay, up. Okay, you get a large view. Yeah, check That's it out. That's terrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> you had I that used... as a kid? Yeah. This, my, uh, this I brought is... the one that I didn't, you know, color in. Um, <gasps> I love this story. This is a Hispanic <laughs> story? Cool? So tell yeah. me about Can you tell oh, us about this story? Yeah, I love totally. This. Yes, please. Um, so <laughs> El Diasque is... Um, is another one of those cautionary tales, right? Okay. But this one's for older, older, I mean, girls, I guess, young women. Um, so do you feel like there's a lot of stuff, sorry, sidebar, like... No, that's okay. Creep, creeping on women, specifically? Oh, totally, yeah. It's mostly against women, it It's seems absolutely like, right? against women. Okay. It's like women yeah. have some kind of thing that you want... they have power, so we need yeah, to control it. Yeah, you have power that, that needs to get corralled. Tone, tone down. Yeah, like, you can't be living with three other women out on the fringes of society. What are you up to? What are you doing? Yeah. Get away from that snake. <laughs> Put that apple down. Right? Yeah. Don't go to dances during Lent. This one is... Is, um, is that what of, that is? Yeah, during Lent, like, you're not supposed to dance, you're not supposed to drink or have any fun or whatever, yeah. right? And, um, you know, out on the Yano or, you know, in ranching families or whatever, there's nothing to do really. Like you can sit at home with your family or you can go out to the bar yeah. and dance. Um, and there's this, this story about a, you know, a girl that goes to a dance. She's having a good time. And there's this guy there and he shows up and he's handsome and like, he's real sexy and everybody wants to dance with him cause he knows how to dance real good. Right. And, um, everybody like kind of takes turns dancing with him, but, this one girl like he's asked her to dance a couple of times and like she feels she feels special and kind of flattered and they're dancing around midnight and the clock strikes and she like notices that something's a little different something's a little weird and she looks down um and his feet are hooves or or they're chicken feet or he's got one of each. Oh, one hoof. Um, wow. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly two left feet, but you can imagine that it kind of yeah. upset your cumbia a little bit. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I probably couldn't dance. <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah, it's like how do I how do I work? This one goes this way, and this one's going. Yeah, I mean your knees are completely your knees different. are opposite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how are you gonna cha cha real smooth? Um, right, exactly. But either she's never seen again, or she runs home terrified, and she's like a virgin for the rest of her life. Because so like, men are just evil. They, right? After midnight, they're up well, to no good. But it's, well, I mean, it's that virgin, that's kind of true. Virgin whore thing. I mean, too. like guys are just yeah, totally not good that. news. So I mean, I there's, there's a truth to it. <laughs> I have a daughter, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Oh, I love La Llorona in this. Oh yeah, oh, let's it looks see so good. She needs. Um, it's a wild. She looks like a wild. Wild witch or something with this crazy Wild hair. Woman. She's yeah. crying. She kind of looks like a banshee. Barefoot, yeah, yeah clinging onto a tree. To like the the siren, the banshee. Yeah. One of the like, kids. So there was the kids drawn in the river. One of them's looks like he's doing a handstand. <laughs> like feet up, straight up in the air. He doesn't look like he's. That's a way one way to kind daunting. of capture death. Feet up in the air. And the other kid looks like he's gonna just doing some his breaststroke. <laughs> I don't know. Just, it's know, very interesting. School. It's a casual hangout at the Y. <laughs> Ca- yeah. There's so many stories in here that are... This is great. Very interesting to me. Yeah. I've never heard these. La Negra. Mm, yeah. That has some racial oh, undertones. Oh, yeah. Wait, what is this next one that you just skipped over? Wait, so, next. I will definitely one? be posting links to both of these books. And then the <laughs> pictures are just amazing. I love oh, the this art one, in these. This one's really cool. So oh, La Larga is... It's, it's a La Tuerta. Or La Tuerta. Yeah. Um, Sometimes she's, like, referred to as, uh, like, this name, or she's just, like, evil personified. So it's, so like, she's, like she's um, yeah, uh, this, the story is that, like, there's this big battle in heaven, right? Lucifer's getting kicked out, and St. Michael, like, gouges his eye out, and on the way down, like, they're coming through the atmosphere or whatever it is, <laughs> right? Um, his eye falls into the sands in New Mexico, and these conquistador, conquistadors, right? Like, apparently they're around. Um, they find the eye, and they try to divide it between them because they're, you know, greedy or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Um, that sounds and, like sharing. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're sharing. Um, but it, it explodes, and all of the, like, sands from the jewel, from the eye, are spread out on the wind. Like, the wind just takes them off in all the, all the different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's supposedly like where the evil eye comes from, huh. mal de ojo or okay. whatever, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, like sometimes uh, it'll be um, this woman with one eye yeah. that you encounter out at the crossroads or whatever, uh-huh. or um, it'll be someone who like looks at you funny or someone who's got a grudge against you, or which is like the weirdest the weirdest thing is a car that's coming at you at night with its headlights on but one of the headlights is out that's somebody that has the evil eye oh, right wow. so like Modernized. i think that's i think that's yeah. that makes it a little more creepy cuz now i'm going to be driving and be freaking I the hell out i still freak out that's and so the thing like, is, yeah. like to to keep the evil eye from infecting your car right like somehow this car with one headlight is going to affect you if you're riding with somebody, you either have to kiss them or slap them before the other car passes to be able to, like, ward that off. So can you elaborate for maybe some people the, what 
the evil eye is because I think growing up with it myself, I'm just like, oh, I know what it is. Yeah. What What is it? How do you get it? How do you um, give it? What I've, is it? Like, it's one of those things, too, where I've heard it a, a couple of different ways. Sometimes yeah. it's like someone will put a curse on you, um, like specifically a witch, specifically a female witch, specifically, you know, one that, mm-hmm. like, lives out in the middle of nowhere and sometimes she's, she, like... Yeah. does these things for hire um so either she would do it or she would have someone you know hire her to do it mm, she'd put like this curse hitman. on you yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then the evil eye like you can't really look at people right or they you're never on the same page mm-hmm. like sometimes you die from it sometimes it's just mm. like i i don't know like it's a hex it's a it's a hex yeah. and it's like a, a varying intensities i guess um yeah. sometimes it's like it's one of those things where you like look in the mirror and it makes you see things or mm. you like can't see your reflection the same way again. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like there are a lot of different things that I've heard and it, none of them are really super consistent with one another. Like what, yeah, have, what have I, you heard? I've, well, I've, what I've heard is that you'll get it or you can give it to people without mm-hmm. realizing it. Yeah. And you do it when you're just very intently staring at somebody. Yeah. And it's, um, like they've just captured your attention and you're just staring at them and then that's when you get it right yeah. and a lot yeah. of a lot of babies get it apparently so during when the colic right with colic yeah. they're crying and crying and crying mm-hmm. is because they have it because somebody was you know don't stare at my baby don't stare at my yeah. baby leave my baby alone <laughs> so you have to do the whole egg thing mm-hmm. and get those eggs yeah. yeah like do olympia with an egg mm-hmm. and you cleanse them that way yeah. crack it <laughs> you stand in, in the cor- you stand in the corner, overnight. walk around in yeah. a circle, <laughs> rub it on them. You, go, I've done some weird shit. Yeah, but yeah. it was just like a weird advertising scheme for like the egg market. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eggs, eggs yeah. are doing pretty good now. Oh right? yeah, they are. I'm sure yeah. they were doing fine then. Too. I'm sure they were doing all <laughs> right. Eggs are doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They are. So, they are a classic. So you have these books and these stories, and it sounds like most of these stories are like cautionary tales to try Absolutely. to like push you away from from mm-hmm. exploring you know devil like behavior yeah. and it, it doesn't sound like it affected you that way oh no so i'm just I curious just... <laughs> how this this seems to have had the opposite effect on you um i i mean i was always afraid like look at these They're illustrations are horrifying like this yeah. little guy he'll yet, come into your room if it's dirty and like pull on your hair and stuff when you're sleeping he's a little like devil man i was terrified but like, like yeah looking at at oh, he pulls fear? on your feet. Is that the guy oh, that pulls yeah. on your feet? Oh yeah, El oh, I, oh yeah, I've um, heard of that one where you're like, you don't say anything bad about anybody's past, or or also mm-hmm. come and pull on your feet in the middle of the night. Yeah, so yeah, just pull on them. It's That's it's rough. crazy. This guy too is in. Um, I guess it originated in in like Galicia, right? And oh, northern um, Spain. Uh, it's from El Cuco or or Coco, which is a coconut. Mm-hmm. So like, mm. if you look at a coconut, it has those three little three little yeah. things it kind of looks like a skull mm-hmm. um so that came over um with with spaniards and with people trying to escape the spaniards mm-hmm. like um after the inquisition and stuff people were trying to you know get the hell out of dodge right. um so they brought all these stories and all these like boogie creatures over with them and then they just sort of mutate into this horrific man <laughs> um yeah. but like for all of the fear i i don't think it deterred me just because i was so curious mm-hmm. like i was I, I don't 
really think I ever had like a an experience with like La Llorona or El Coco or I was I always had a really active imagination so I always would like feel like I heard stuff in the middle of the night but you know I never had a close encounter I guess <laughs> of the um uh Coco kind no <laughs> um uh... It's you, debatable. You, okay. I don't. I really don't. I don't know. You're just skeptical. Yeah, I was skeptical. I guess, but I, as much as I was afraid, I think it just made me want to figure out where that fear comes from, who inspires it, who perpetuates it. Um, like, why did my grandparents give me this book? That's. <laughs> what, I mean, age, what age were you when you got that? Pro- probably like five or six. Okay. I, I started reading really early. Um, okay. So it was just like they would give me books to just keep consume. me entertained, yeah. um, which was like, which was cool. They were teachers, so they just had books lying around all over. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, it kept me inside. I was, I did never get into a lot of trouble, really. I was the bookworm. Um, and maybe... Maybe it was a good thing. Like, there's there's a, an introduction in this book by the author. Um, I actually used to listen to his radio show. He used to have a radio show on KTOW, mm-hmm. which is the solar solar radio station. Um, <laughs> and he would just talk about, like, different, um, different traditions or different, like, recipes or folklore, things like that. Um, I remember really clearly, like, one time... Um, Larry Torres is his name. He was talking about how to clean wood floors, like how they would do it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would get a big bucket of ox blood, mm-hmm. dump it all over the floor and just like scrub everything out. Hell yeah. Rinse it out, like makes the floors real smooth. Um, I don't know why, but that always scared me too. Just huh. knowing that like the floors in my family's ancestral home, the hacienda that we have in Taos, yeah. were just soaked with blood over the years. Kind of cool yeah. terrifying um i don't know like listening to all of that stuff um and and reading this introduction there's a discussion about how fear um sort of motivates us mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and once we realize fear for what it is and once we kind of shine a light on the thing that's terrifying us we not that we get power over it but it sort of like gives us power. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. sure, and empo- yeah. empowers us. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you take on some of the power of that thing that terrified you, right. and mm-hmm. you get stronger. You conquer it. Exactly. So it's no longer yeah. a fear. It's like, okay, next. Yeah, and the like. The yeah. reason I guess that he left all of these illustrations uncolored is so that kids could go in and, and color them in. Um, this one was my mom's copy, so I didn't, you know, color all color. over it. But. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just to be able to take that ownership of something and, like, give it color and give it life. Um, I think that's something, too, that, um, like, Hispanic uh, and, and, and Mexican, Spanish uh, culture, um, especially, like, the Mexica under, underpinnings, like, all of the pre-Columbian stuff that underlies that has a really close relationship with, with death and fear and um, all of the horror that comes along with it. So... Uh, sort of owning that. Um, now that I'm older, I, I, I see the value in it, mm-hmm. um, and the value like for my work, but but just 
for living right um being a super like anxious person i've had anxiety also for like as long as i can remember <laughs> i'm sure it's not related to this book um <laughs> are we though <laughs> there's illustrations oh god are they would keep me yeah. up at night yeah. like um I, I don't know it 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 gave me um kind of a way to own the horrible stuff that kind of happened to me when i was a kid yeah. um and like to be able to look at fear that we um, maybe create through storytelling, mm-hmm. fear that we create through our own actions, like all of that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. change your relationship to it. Um, it can really kind of change your your outlook. There's a lot of power in yeah. that in itself. Huh? Yeah, totally. Do you find that um, that you hope to help other people through writing in the same way because it sounds like it was really healing Mm -hmm. for you yeah um I I guess like being able to look at New Mexico folklore and poetry together um with you know more more modern issues like Mm -hmm. I I tend to get pretty political in my poetry um (laughs) shocking yeah I mean (laughs) I don't know why you would now but um yeah there's no reason no, absolutely no reason. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but trying to, like, merge all of those things together, I I do kind of want to give um, uh, maybe people like me, people who had the same kind of upbringing, mm-hmm. um, whether it's in my culture or not. Like, there are plenty of cultures that mimic the same sort of, um, same sort of fears, same sort of limitations. Um, just to be able to see that... You can use the stories that scared you once and mm-hmm. turn them into something stronger mm-hmm. um, or, or turn yourself into something stronger through that. Um, there's sort of like a like a galvanization of like all of these different components to make something bigger than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so looking at folklore in conjunction with modern issues, I, I would hope that we can maybe rediscover some of that ancestral knowledge or, or intuition um, especially through craft or like the way it's spoken, um, like all of the things that go into constructing a poem and the way that you present it, um, like that can have an effect too. That, that thing that kind of brings people together when they're listening to a story, that, mm-hmm. that energy, mm-hmm. um, like whether it's on paper or whether it's out loud, that's the kind of thing that I want to access. Cool. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like occult style poetry that's out right mm-hmm. now. I don't know if you've gone through any of the like witchy stores around. Uh, I I so, sort of have. There's a there's a journal called Witchcraft Mag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm gonna get a poem uh, out with them in their next issue. I think. Cool. Which is pretty exciting. But I, I've read through like their um, archive of stuff. Um, not a, not a whole lot else. I have, uh, I have like a little zine that, zine, zine, I never know how to say it. I think it's zine, I think but it's I don't, zine because it's like yeah. short magazine, yeah. but <laughs> phonetically it should be zine, I right? think. Yeah. I it's know. called Cutting the Cord. I really wish I could remember who yeah. wrote it, but it's just poetry that was written as, as a medicinal, like a magic yeah. type thing about grieving. That's and it was cool. just this collection of how this person got through grieving mm-hmm. by using poetry as sitting down and 
basically making like incantations to heal yeah like ritual and then he she they i i don't remember but it's sold and then it just Mm. kind of spreads and that's sort of the magic in in words poetry i love poetry i wrote in high school that's actually Mm. how i got to go to st john's nice was because of poetry yeah certainly wasn't a good student in (laughs) high school but i do think that there's a lot of power in that and then you know, being that we live in New Mexico, which is mm-hmm. so rich with like culture that's been yeah. here for so long. And, you know, it for some of us like me, it's not my land, but it's the land of people who still are here. Right. You yeah. know, to mix those two, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have a very powerful yeah. outcome. Yeah. And like being able to look at how all of those different cultures present things and then how those styles of presentation merge and become new things like it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it's a language in its own it totally is yeah totally is cool well i i'm gonna have to get a picture of these oh of course those are those are so cool so that i can show my 13 year old and see if she sleeps at night (laughs) no i think it's awesome yeah i really i really kind of want to find a copy of that for myself because i really kind of i'm really into it you know i I actually it's bilingual yeah. yeah it is it, yeah it is. it's very kids. interesting i mean yeah. i don't i don't know if i'm gonna because my kids are st- well, at least my daughter's still at an age where she'll just obsess about it and be like i'm gonna freak out mm-hmm. but my son else, might be more into it i don't know I, my <laughs> yeah my 13 year old still obsesses oh like freaks out about things yeah. like that I oh mean, yeah not to that level but yeah. like when she was really little we had to have a no more goosebumps when the sun goes down kind of yeah. thing mm-hmm. because it would just stay in her brain but she would still do it anyways yeah now at yeah. 13 she kind of draws it out she creates her own story similar to you yeah. it's fear and fascination yeah. like in the, the same yeah well i mean i think you were saying the same thing it's like I, I was super scared and then one day i all of a sudden i started craving it yeah. I started craving being scared. And I love, I tell my, people are just like, why are you, you're weird? Why do you like these scary <laughs> things and stories? And, and I say like, I, I just joke with them. I said like, I like the feeling of like, that I'm going to die. I like feeling or, like I'm going to die right before it, bed. I mean, is why not? I mean, everybody's going to have to encounter it at some point. Like, But it, but it is empowering. It is empowering yeah. the fact that you're like, you, you conquered it. You're like, I watched it and then I'm fine and nothing happened. Yeah. Unless okay. it's like hereditary where mm. three months later you're still thinking about it. I, didn't, I, didn't, I mean, it was good. I didn't scare me like that. It didn't scare me at all. There was a show on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I probably, loved it. I probably, Did it terrify you? I, get, I got like I had actual nightmares for the first time in year, my in, as my as an adult. Did you read the book? No. Maybe that's why it didn't get to me. Yeah, I mean, but I it, was, it was it was weird. I had um you know speaking of experiences, I was at my bedroom. Uh, it was I mean in the morning around. I woke up at three o three, which is weird because <laughs> that's the time. That's right? the time. Of course, you woke up at that. Time. I woke up at that time and it was very strange. And I was like, oh whatever. It's just my my turn clock clung on to this from the, the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I go to, um, I try to fall asleep again. And it's maybe a four, four in the morning at this point. I couldn't fall asleep. And I was very, very awake. Um, that's questionable after this this instance. But I I hear just as clear as day a knock on my bedroom door. Do you sleep with your door closed normally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, well, when the kids aren't here. Yeah. Um, so when they're not here, they knock. So in my head, I'm just like, I close the door and the kids are outside. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, wait, they're not here. And then that's when it set in. I was like, mm, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. It didn't happen again. <laughs> but, it, but it was, I mean, 
I sometimes I'm just like, okay, it's it, I, I made it up in my head, but sound is one of those things that's very hard to to fake. Your mm-hmm. eyes a little bit more, you see things out of the corner of your mm-hmm. eye, but it was very clear, and I was like, mm, uh-oh. Conjuring things. <laughs> sure, you know, there's a lot of things. My sister, she lived in this house at one point, and she said that uh, people would knock at the front door, or something would knock at the front door, or ring her doorbell. I had a house like that when yeah. I was... yeah. When I was in fourth grade, we only lived in that house for a year. Yeah. And I was the oldest of four. Yeah. So my mom would make me, yeah, I was like the live-in babysitter, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I was in fourth grade, so my siblings all were either in early elementary school or like pre-K. Yeah. And whenever she would go, and I know my mom would fuck with me sometimes, but this would have just been really mean. The doorbell would just ring over and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, and yeah, to the yeah. point where, like, I would literally, like, walk up to the front with a frying pan because that's what you would see mm. on TV because mm-hmm. you don't know yeah. anything about Right. This is, <laughs> is going to do it. This is there the best would be nobody there. And then in that same house, I shared a room with my sister, Ariel. She's six years younger than me. And my mom, every night, would tuck, tuck her in before she would take a bath. Because her bathroom was like right by our bedroom. Mm -hmm. And there was one night where Ariel was just like inconsolable. Like she was just crying. And I I don't know why. She was like really young. So she cried Mm -hmm. all the time. But for some reason she would not calm down. And I'm on the top bunk like shut up. Like please. (laughs) What? And then she, as my mom was talking to her in the tub like Ariel I'll be in there in a minute. She stopped crying suddenly. And it freaked me out, like, to the point where I looked down over under the bunk and she was tucked in and quiet. Get out of here. No, I swear. <laughs> and it was in the same house. So I yeah. really uh, do think. There was something. Yeah, and I don't necessarily, like, I never got the heebie-jeebies, like, there's mm-hmm. something bad in this house. Right. Just that there was something in it. But that did freak me out. And I used to have really weird dreams in that house, too. There's there's a story yeah. that I heard, like, that, where the kid's just, he's, like, crying and yelling for his dad. And um, he he tells his dad, he's like, there's something under my bed. And he's just freaked out, right? And the dad yeah. looks dad looks under the bed. <laughs> and there's his son and says, Dad, there's someone in my bed. And oh, you're just like, yeah, you're yeah, just like yeah. What the yeah. You're like, yeah. what? Which one is it? And I was like, uh-uh. That's that's kind of cool. No. I like that one. I like that Doppelganger one. Doppelganger stuff is freaky. Doppelganger? Yeah. Mm. Um, most of that, you know, like the copy. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, did you guys see Get Out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. That guy is making another movie. I just saw the trailer mm-hmm. called Peel, yeah, food. Us, I think is what it's called. Yes, and it's the it's a kind of a copy. It's doppelgangers. Thing. Do- is it, oh, that's cool. what it is? So yeah, it looks yeah. like that. I mean, okay. I'll always see the trailer. Yeah. Here's my speculation. Spoilers possibly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of rabbits in the trailer, which makes me wonder if it's about cloning. Oh Ooh. There's a lot of like random rabbits in that. His that. his writing seems so like every detail is purposeful. Everything is, yeah. everything is important. So yeah. I'm like, ooh, rabbits. Didn't he write Sorry to Bother You also? I don't think, is that a movie? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen that. It's more of a, like a, a black man who all has a, his knack for making a, creating a white voice. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. He's got the but, white voice in the call center. You need to see really it. Good. It's so It takes a turn. Like, it's ridiculous. You'll lose your shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. Okay. Um, oh, wow. I, like okay. it is it is one of the most amazing like wacky movies i've ever seen uh-huh and it got like 
totally ignored or just oh it like, got almost yeah it got like a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes uh, it was I never, so bizarre yeah. so good okay I, heard, yeah. I don't know it's really like weird if you, if you worked in customer service oh yeah you probably you know you know the customer service voice oh yeah right yeah you're yeah. like okay the different you retail voice retail voice we all sure. lived it every single one of us <laughs> in this room. so fun mm-hmm. I actually saw a meme on Facebook about one today something like I may be hood all the time, but I went to Harvard when I'm at work. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my retail voice yeah. went to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically. Yeah. All cool. right. Well, I don't know. We've probably yeah, we're good on time. for a while. Yeah, we're good on time. Oh, good. We're yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, Word. so <laughs> other than these, anything else you want to tell us? Like, how can people um, find you? What are your projects you're working on? What kind of... Which kind your, of which witchy your, magic stuff is your here? handle on Instagram? Yeah, give, oh, us, all, Instagram. give us all the deets. Um, my my <laughs> Instagram handle is tortillas, but it's Tortillas, uh, just with one eye. I know I wear glasses, so it's like I have four eyes, but it's just with one. So uh, for the, those of you listening, it's Tortillas. <laughs> yeah, Tortillas. Right, double L's. Yep, yeah. get that double tortilla. L in there. Um, my website is cardenaspoetry.com, um, and I have like links to a bunch of like places where my stuff's appeared some of it's in print so Mm. like there's links to the websites and stuff um i'm also working uh with meow wolf on a project which is really exciting um and i'm actually like able to use my writing in a professional setting it's you know the dream uh (laughs) getting an mfa like in creative writing i never thought you know yeah yeah like that i would make it anywhere (laughs) with that but this is like really exciting yeah um yeah so uh more more to follow i guess uh you'll hear hear about it um yeah 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 i uh i'm i'm really really excited about that but um i'm gonna be graduating not this spring, but next spring. So So is that with a PhD? That's with an MFA. MFA. Which is like, it's like a PhD for creative writing because it's like okay. the highest you can go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you, like you could get a PhD in, in poetry as literature, but not as like, as writing. As a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of lame, but maybe I'll figure out a way to make it work. Change. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, you can just do a podcast forever. Right? Yeah, that would be great. Write a bunch. Actually, tons of podcasts are getting getting screen time now. Yeah. So yeah, one that like, I've been listening um, to forever, uh, the Black Tapes. Yeah. They're getting one. Uh, so homecoming? is Line is it Homecoming. Town. Yeah, homecoming was mm-hmm. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. so I, there's definitely a future for you in that direction. Man, that's that's what I'm hoping, especially yeah. with like Netflix coming in. Oh, I yeah. mean, mm. right around when I graduate, you yeah. know, fingers crossed. <laughs> Start not like I'm hanging out at the uh, <laughs> the carts. You know, just uh, <laughs> hey, hey just do you need a here. creative writer? Accidentally <laughs> drop your, your master's. Oops, oh, whoops. there's my degree. <laughs> what do I do with that? Yeah, here's the screenplay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> yeah um, that's awesome yeah so i mean once i graduate hopefully i'll like try to get my book out but that's cool. a little little ways down the road do and it. <laughs> do you have any book recommendations with folklore is there um i mean if there's listeners who might really want to kind of dig into the books that are yet to be seen but yeah. i definitely will post pictures <laughs> yeah. um do you have um, some that you recommend uh there's there's another book that i've sort of been working with for my dissertation but it's 
actually another person's dissertation. I found it in the basement at Zimmerman, um, where they collect like everyone's everyone's dissertations and stuff. And it's witchcraft uh, in Hispanic New Mexico in the Uh. Hispanic Southwest. Um, I don't remember who the author is, but she's uh, she was writing it in like the sixties, fifties, or sixties, which is like super cool. Awesome. Um, I've been like kind of picking through it to get stories and like. The grounding yeah. information and mm-hmm. stuff um just like for ideas for writing but um i mean honestly like i think um for looking at uh hispanic culture and like kind of catholic culture mixed in with pre-columbian stuff um in a pretty beautiful piece of work like i started reading bless me ultima again Mm. um for a class and i didn't realize like just how much there is about the earth and our relationship to it our relationship to um one another through the earth um whether it's whether you're roaming the llano or or farming um there are there are also witches in that book yeah. uh which is really cool mm-hmm. um and i mean it's it's like new mexico's book you know yeah i yeah. i read recently that that was banned in some schools yeah. is that true it was banned in my high school for a little while that was required um, reading my mom for bought me. it for me wow it's like it's, it's weird, crazy right like the the community that mimics the events in the story right like right. wants to ban it right away yeah um but it's it's one of the books i've only i don't know like i never really gave it a lot of consideration it's like yeah ah, yeah this is rudy and i like he's he's the guy but he is the guy now yeah. that i'm like <laughs> getting more into it and stuff um and like looking at blue mesa review i'm, I'm poetry editor for the for the journal at unm like mm-hmm. looking at what he intended for that journal to be and like the syncretism that he wanted to introduce bringing you know art and poetry and and words from just all kinds of different people um he's one of the touchstones for new mexico folklore for sure um i think they call him the like the godfather of new mexico folklore (laughs) or like new mexico literature um he's he's amazing yeah okay cool so Okay. I wish I had more suggestions, but I haven't been able to find more stuff wow. in print. You're it's busy. Like... You're busy in school. Yeah, <laughs> get it. You, you do have quite a full life. Yeah. Oh man, it's a lot. So, <laughs> random question: because yeah. you grew up in Taos, yeah, did you ever go visit any of those curanderas or brujas or <laughs> you have any stories about that? Um, I do. They're they're um, actually three graves in the Kid Carson Cemetery. Um, that are supposedly, you know, witches. There, there's no like record in City Hall. They purged the records because they didn't mm-hmm. want people like, if you if you speak the name, you give it power, kind of yeah, thing, right? Totally. Like, there were these three women that sort of lived on the fringes of town, three. and they, yeah, <laughs> three again. It's always got to be three. Like, dark hair, really pretty. None of the men can like convince them to marry them must be evil, must be evil. <laughs> and they dealt a lot in in love magic mm. so um like people from town would go out to see them say yeah. hey like i really like this girl or this guy um could you mix me up a little something um and enough weird things started happening in town that like i guess they got um they got wind of it and it's it's kind of 
weird the story changes a lot like over time um but the way that i always heard it was that they were they were hanged behind the courthouse Mm -hmm. um and you can still walk through that alley where the gallows used to be um and they covered their graves with blacktop um because it's it was more like it's not like we want them to get out but we want to keep them where we know where they are yeah Mm. like we know where you are right now we're gonna keep you from going anywhere um and when i was in theater um the uh like in high school i was in theater for four years and uh the back of the community auditorium like where the dressing rooms and stuff were backed up right against the cemetery so we'd go out there and smoke cigarettes or smoke some weed or whatever (laughs) after Mm -hmm. after (laughs) rehearsal or after an opening or whatever and we'd hang out by their graves which is like classic you know kid stuff or whatever um but we would always like tell the story again like if there were new people in the group or whatever and like i never really knew of anyone around Mm um i've I wish I did. Now I wish I did so I could go yeah. back and be like, teach me your ways. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. like that story was always something that I felt really connected to. And oh. we would like just always have, have a good time telling it. Um, That's awesome. Standing yeah. right there. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It's like you're standing on history. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we should probably wrap it up. I could probably ask you a thousand more <laughs> questions about Taos uh, and folklore, but I should probably not take up much more of your time. Word. Appreciate I would it. be yeah. happy to answer more questions if you have them. Yeah, we should definitely yeah. have you come back, especially since totally. you're writing specifically on folklore. It sounds like you're having some focus on witchcraft. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd love um, to hear love you to come back totally and tell us yeah. all of the my new findings yes uh, and, yeah. and if it's changed you in your own personal totally. thoughts you yeah know, yeah absolutely this is cool awesome thank you for coming on yeah, yeah thank thanks you. for having me and everyone yeah. keep listening yeah please do if you're still listening um give us feedback yep and oscar will tell us all the places we can do that uh <laughs> on instagram coffee and other magic yeah and also on facebook same and I think that's about it. Just those two platforms for now. Yeah. And we have an email too. So if you choose not to use either one of those social media oh, platforms. Coffee and other magic at Gmail. Yeah. Please email stories, questions, yeah. anything. Even for the guests, if you have stories or questions, you know, share them. We'll share them too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.